Hello, everyone. This is the D-Rays Bay Playoff Podcast Series. I'm Brett Rutherford. Joining me today is Danny Russell, and we're going to be breaking down the ALCS. So last night we had our Game 5 Instant Reaction Podcast, which was uh, fun, to say the least, and the emotions were flying high, as they should have been. Um, But, Danny, now we are one day away from Game 1 of the ALCS, Rays and Astros, and uh, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about and not a lot of time to prepare. No, and, and, and if they had wrapped it up in game four, we'd have some more breathing room. But it went to game five, and it was an exciting game. You can hear all about it on our instant reaction. I don't know if that's going to be the best breakdown, so we're going to talk a little bit more about it today. Um, obviously, Brasso, Glasnow, Nick Anderson, Diego Castillo, Pete Fairbanks, like everything that we talked about last night goes without saying. One performance that we didn't get to on the Instant Reaction podcast was that of Yandy Diaz. So did not record a hit in Game 5, but drew two walks and reached base on error, um, got to full counts twice, and really showed like how capable he is of working the count and, and finding different ways to get on base. He even had a bat flip on one of the walks. Uh, <laughs> the bat flip awesome. on the walk, I think, did get a, a small shout-out yesterday. And it's it's a next level player when you're bat flipping a walk, but that just shows how intentional yeah. he is and how selective he has become in his approach to hitting. He is terrifying for opposing hitters, partially because of his physique, partially because of his ability. He hasn't got a lot of pitches to hit in 2020, but you don't need a lot of pitches to hit if you could take a walk. In 2019, Yandi had a 10.1% uh, walk rate. That's up to 16.7% in 2020. That was in the regular season. In the postseason, over 17 plate appearances, that's a 35.3% walk rate. That, I believe, is uh, how many walks in the postseason? Six walks drawn and 17 plate appearances. Uh, Two of those walks were last night. Right. Very clear that's what his approach is at the plate. Um, And we saw him hit in the leadoff spot twice, I think, throughout the series. Would not shock me if... Game one, he is there in the leadoff spot. Uh, it seems like right now between him and Meadows, I would still like to see Yoshi in there too because Yoshi's another guy that can draw the walk. Um, but Yanni Diaz really showing that he is just an, an extremely skilled hitter and he will find different ways to get on base. He had, in the regular season, a 428 on on-base percentage. Um, that is like 78 points higher than his on-base percentage from last season or 88 points higher, Um, an incredible improvement from him. Another amazing season, and uh, he's killing it. What else can I say? You know, uh, so maybe game two. It looks like the Astros series is lining up to be Lance McCullers first. They use Zach Grinke in uh, the most recent game, so he's going to be pushed out to game four, which fortunate for the Rays in terms of pedigree. Although Lance McCullers, Tampa native. Yeah is potentially the best the Astros have right now. So things kind of uh, align really well. He's definitely their hottest hand when it comes to pitching. Um, in game two, that's when they're playing uh, against Valdez. It's the only lefty out of their four starting pitchers, and that's when you could probably expect Yandy to be in the leadoff. Yeah, for certain. And then do you, do you think they stick with Meadows with the way he's been performing at the play? Obviously, he had the big home run yesterday. Um, but other than that, his at-bats have looked not great. 
Yeah, I mean, he's still returning from injury. It's clear that he's not at 100%, but even Meadows not at 100% can get you a home run. And I think Kevin Cash, when it comes to the playoffs, even though Randy Rosarena is hitting third, right? So he's not afraid to mess around with some new entities. I just feel like Austin Meadows is enough of a known entity that he doesn't want to be without his all-star from 2019 in the lineup. I think Kevin Cash trusts Austin Meadows. I think Austin Meadows can <laughs> still put up a competent at-bat, even if he's not going to get uh, exactly the same visual result. It's not as clean of a swing, maybe, or uh, as he's working through his oblique strain. Um, I, I just can't imagine that Austin Meadows isn't still hitting leadoff. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with Brandon Lau, who's had 30 plate appearances in the postseason, is hitting 077 and has a 200 on base percentage. It's not gone well. No. But still a set, like that's seven games played for Brandon Lau. He's hit second or third in all of those. I think there was one game where Randy hit second. Um, but right so and that's the that's when the lefty's on the mound right? right so when the lefty's on the mound diaz or rosarena looks like one two in the lineup yeah yeah i mean you're still sharp putting brandon Lau's name in the lineup in sharpie he's still gonna hit in that top third of the lineup and you just hope that whatever funk he's in he can get out of it he did draw a walk in the first inning off of garrett cole in game five um, but then struck out twice in his last three late appearances and not great, but he was facing some pretty good pitchers with, uh, that the Yankees were throwing out there. Garrett Cole, Masahiro Tanaka, and uh, not worried about Brandon Lau quite yet. Um, now that we're like kind of talking about lineups and, and roster makeup, two guys we didn't see a whole lot of in the ALDS, Yoshi Tsutsugo and Hunter Renfro. Hmm. What do you think their role is, if there is a role for them, going into the ALCS? It feels kind of similar and i feel bad saying that um at least for yoshi but uh it is a remarkably right-handed pitching situation for the houston astros which is what uh the same was true for the yankees except for their best Mm -hmm. britain chapman extremely good lefties but for the most part their their entire pitch i think they have two left-handed relievers on uh on their roster and one left-handed starter. Yes, they've got... So three um, left-handed pitchers at all. Blake Taylor and Brooks Raley are the two lefties in the bullpen. Right. So in terms of Renfro, I'm not expecting him. In terms of Yoshi, the question becomes about defense. And one of our points from last night is in walking through Kevin Cash's decision-making when he did not pinch hit for guys, and then when he pinch ran for Zanino, is it was clear that even despite a need for offense, he was still prioritizing a defense first approach. And the, the need for Yandy Diaz and Austin Meadows to, to hold that DH position is I think the reason why Yoshi is being pushed a little bit out of the starting lineup at this point. And that's because as a third base slash left fielder, um, the way the roster was designed to start the year, Randy Rosarena is now the left fielder and he's got that on lockdown. Yeah. So the question becomes third base and who's playing third base in the playoffs? Joey Wendell. You can't take Joey Wendell, out. we did not talk about last night. So let's revisit him as well. I mean, defensively, go for it. I mean, he's awesome. Well, that's exactly it. Who caught the last out? 
It was Joey, Joey Wendell, 110 miles an hour off the bat. And he snagged that sucker out of the air and almost lost it because the camera's caught. And I don't know if, if you might've seen this dear listener, the ball was poking through the webbing on Wendell. He almost did not have that baseball. Uh, I mean, he definitely had it. He, he had snagged it. What an incredible grab. But if that backs out the other side of his glove, we're looking at a completely different situation. We're looking at a base runner. We're looking right. at a potential error. That could have been a mess. The, the way the storyline was going, like if that ball had broken his glove and snuck into the outfield grass, the Yankees were going to hit a go-ahead home run the next at-bat. Like that's just that's what the baseball gods would have had in store, um, and it would have been the curse of Joey Wendell's glove. Um, but yeah, he did make that snag. It was <laughs> it was pretty funny. Joey Wendell in a game. loss in Game Four. Great night at the plate. He had four hard hits, so four uh, hits of 95 miles an hour off the bat or better. Yeah. In game five, brutal strikeout against Garrett Cole in the first inning with the bases loaded. When he took that pitch uh, low in the zone instead of fouling it off, boy, that was was tough. His second at bat, good. It was a nine-pitch flyout. Mm -hmm. But he still absorbed nine pitches. And then he comes up again another brutal strikeout there was two men on and he was trying to foul off too much he learned a different lesson from that first at bat and honestly that's just baseball that's just baseball right you hit 300 and you're in the hall of fame like there's still a 70 percent failure rate when it comes to hitting and being impressed so it was it was a weird night for joey wendell at the plate it was a great conclusion of the night for Joey Wendell, and for that reason, I think he got off of our uh, uh, the naughty list, if you will. Yeah, I don't even know if we'd have him on the naughty list yet. You're looking at Joey Wendell, who in 2018 had an incredible out-of-nowhere season for the Rays as their second baseman. Slash line of 300, 354, 435. He played in 139 games, had a 117 WRC+. 2019, dealt with some injuries, and had a really bad year at the plate. 293 on base percentage. Um, 71 WRC plus and one of those guys again weren't sure what his role was on this team I mean team chaplain that's his role (laughs) people like to throw a Ben Zobris comp at him and that's because it's a white guy playing (laughs) multiple positions on the infield and I find that very frustrating but one comp that is deserved is uh, he kind of plays that spiritual motivator on the team like Ben Zobris was but with the emergence of Brandon Lau it's like where is where is Wendell gonna fit on this team Mm-hmm. And this year, he's found his role at third base, and he's excelled. A much better season at the plate, um, almost matching the numbers in some ways that from his 2018 season, 342 on-base percentage, 435 slugging, uh, 116 WRC+, and some amazing defensive play at third base. In- incredible consistency with the arm as well. Yes, across the diamond too. And having, I don't know, going into next season, what the roster is going to look like. We don't want to get too far off topic here. But Joey Wendell and Yandy Diaz, having those two guys, because when Yandy was healthy this year, his defense at third base looked pretty solid too. Having those two guys to, to play at third base, we can also mix Yandy in maybe at first or obviously at DH. That's a really solid part of this Rays roster. Um, and, and, and Joey Wendell, yeah, the defense is really what sticks I out. I mean, Joey Wendell's still a part-time player for me. Um, I think in truest form, he probably is still a second baseman. He's shown more this year on defense, and I'm so happy about it, right? And when it comes to uh, hitting, you know, he's, you know, 2019 was bad, but he was playing injured and now he's looking above average again. But 
a low a low walk high strikeout no home run hitter doesn't really succeed in the majors for him to be successful and continue to be successful it is a rarity this is not a normal type of baseball player that you you build around so i would still think that he's a role player and not a starter and we still have to consider wander franco coming down the pike as well <laughs> so I, I i wouldn't be uh using pen with joey wendell but when it comes to the postseason it's very clear and i think injuries kind of cleared the way a little bit but yoshi's to the side uh, Yandi uh, really depends on who's on the mound, and uh, both of them are dancing around that DH role while Joey Wendell holds it down the fort in the grass uh, or uh, in the dirt. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, yeah. I wasn't trying to say that Joey Wendell's the the new franchise third baseman. Obviously, a lot of, uh, <laughs> but how many teams would kill for a guy like Joey Wendell to have in their lineup every single day? And you're looking at the Rays, who have the luxury of saying, "Yeah, Joey Wendell, you're great, no." but you're not going to be like a, a staple in our lineup and, and especially with how well he's done. So I want to go back to what you said about Hunter Renfro. You, are you expecting that he doesn't even make the roster going into this round? No, uh, no. Because what are the reasons why Renfro wouldn't make the roster. The reasons would be that you feel like you need another reliever. Right. Um, and you think that the bench is full right now. The, the bench on offense is Michael Perez at catcher. And then you've got Brasso. He gets mm. to stay. He earned that. Uh, Yandy Diaz is n- not in the typical starting lineup if there's a right-handed pitcher on the mound. Um, and then you've got Sutsugo has been forced out. And then you have uh, Brett Phillips as your, you know, hyper-defensive replacement. Yeah, or runner. Or, or runner. And you need that role. So when it comes to position players, you could look at a situation where do I need a third right-handed, you know, bench option if this was the regular season you start thinking okay austin meadows and renfro can platoon um you know is margot going to be the the meadows platoon though mm-hmm. uh, if a platoon happens g-man Choi, who does he trade off for a right-handed hitter um will you platoon kevin kiermeyer that's how you make a room for renfro the answer on kiermeyer is no <laughs> the answer on Choi is yes the answer on meadows is yes so it, with one of those no's, Renfro is out. I don't know if you need Hunter Renfro. And that feels weird because his power potential is obvious. And Petco Park is the setting for the next round. So you do wonder if that familiarity, quote unquote, is helpful. But he hasn't play- How many at-bats does Renfro have in the postseason? I will tell you in just a second. But going back to like needing an extra reliever, it's... In, in in this round, this last round, the DS, you're playing five days in a row, but the 28-man roster compensates for that, I think, for the most part. Um, three extra roster spots that you didn't have last season, uh, and two than, than normally you'd have now with, with the new rules. Uh, Renfro has six plate appearances, uh, and he is regarded okay. the home run against Toronto. Yeah. Uh, which was the grand slam against Toronto, I should say. Yeah. Um, but now you're entering the ALCS, where you could potentially be playing seven days in a row. And I don't know if, if with the bullpen makeup, like that makes things a lot more tricky. And I don't know if you'd want to bring in a guy like Josh Fleming, who showed this season that he can pitch multiple innings for you, mm-hmm. either as a starter or behind an opener. Um, maybe a guy like Ryan Sheriff gets another look. Uh, but I mean, if, say Renfro, hypothetically, 
is left off the roster, what pitcher do you think would be the, the next man up? Ah, Jose Alvarado. That is true. He is uh, eligible. He is eligible tomorrow. tomorrow. So the question starts becoming, is, is Alvarado healthy? He's traveling with the team. He's pitching. Um, another interesting X factor could be Brent Honeywell. Hmm. Just a big mystery box. He's <laughs> he's throwing on a regular basis to raise hitters um, when they're trying to have a little bit more of like an elevated BP hmm. session. Um but I, I mean, no one knows whether or not he's actually going to be like capable of facing major league hitters. He hasn't. And uh, maybe you can have another Shane McClanahan situation. But you think about the Astros lineup, just real quick. George Springer, right-handed hitter. Uh, yep. Jose Altuve, bad year, quality hitter, still their number two hitter, entrenched number two hitter, right? So he's having a Brandon Lau moment himself. But Altuve, right-handed hitter. Alex Bregman, right-handed hitter. Carlos Correa, who has been starring for them in the postseason, right-handed hitter. Uh, Yuli Gurriel, right-handed hitter. Their lefties are Josh Reddick and Michael Brantley. And who am I missing? Oh, yes, the, the best hitter on the team this year. Excuse me, Kyle Tucker, uh, their right-field yeah. rookie. Yeah. No. So you do have three interesting lefties in there. But so many good righties. And so if I think about I need length out of the bullpen, am I going to bring in Fleming? I Yeah, that's I mean, it, you're looking at, I don't know, Honeywell would be interesting. And again, we have no idea what would come out of that. So I'm not going to try to break down what I think would happen. You go back a couple of years ago when we, we drafted McClanahan in the uh, whatever the middle round, the sandwich round in the first round. Mm -hmm. And yeah, a couple of years from now, the Rays are going to be in the ALCS and they're going to have Shane McClanahan and Brent Honeywell, you know, fire and bullets. You're like, of course they are. Now, like a month ago, you're like, McClanahan and Honeywell are pitching in this postseason. What happened? Um, so, yeah, McClanahan, who had hyperextended his knee and had to be carted off. Yeah, we saw that report out of Port Charlotte and we're like, well, his season's over. That's unfortunate. And now he's making his major league debut in the postseason. So, mm -hmm. I mean, from a storyline perspective, like seeing Honeywell coming in and also making his major league debut this postseason would be huge. A guy that we weren't sure like what his future was in baseball with all the arm problems that he's dealt with. I don't know if that's, if that's who I would go with, but Jose Alvarado, almost as big of a question mark because he's dealt with injuries over the last two seasons when he's been on the team and when he's been pitching, it's been a huge question mark. Uh, and like you said, you, you want length out of the bullpen. So Alvarado historically hasn't been the guy to do that. I think he was probably the best pitcher out of all these options. If, if we're looking at it as a whole, mm -hmm. um, Fleming. Yeah. Situationally, I don't know how many times you, you find a spot for him to be. Yeah. Because the Astros don't platoon the Rays and Yankees both heavily platoon their lineup. Yeah. The Astros don't. And part of that is Dusty Baker, mm -hmm. uh, the only redeeming quality of the Houston Astros in 2020, Dusty Baker. Uh, he doesn't change his lineup. I mean, if you look back over all of the postseason games played so far, there is exactly one game in which he didn't use the same nine dudes, and that was because he gave Josh Reddick a day off. That, <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, I mean, you watch Astros games, like it's the same guys. And in a lot of ways, that makes things, when you're trying to manage and plan ahead on how you're going to use your pitching staff, 
a lot easier for Kevin Cash and Kyle Snyder. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be more effective because uh, the, the Astros, like you mentioned, have some amazing hitters. But when trying to plan how you're going to tackle this series, that makes things a lot easier because this is the like if you get to the World Series, you get the normal schedule. We get a day off after Game Two and a day off after Game Five. We thought the, the bullpen crunch was tough in a five-game series. If this series goes to six or seven games, things are going to get really dicey. And you don't have Oliver Drake. Is he eligible to come back on the roster, or does he have to miss this one? I wish I knew. I don't know. Well, you do have Trevor Richards that replaced him. That can give you multiple innings. I know you might not be the biggest Trevor Richards fan, but you talk about a right-handed heavy lineup. Richards might be a guy that you pick over Flemings in this situation. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And the promise of Trevor Richards still exists. I mean, the yeah. fastball changeup wasn't the same this year, just by the eye test. His, his stuff that you required him for weren't exactly what he showed in 2019. And a worse version, a worsened or lessened version of Richards is, is replacement level. <laughs> if I'm being just frank. Right. right. Um, now, a lot of teams, I think, would take Richards. If the Arizona Diamondbacks called up uh, the Rays, they would be asking for Richards as, as a starting pitcher, not as the last man out of a bullpen uh, when you need length. So uh, I think the quality's there, and that has a lot to do with the Rays and how the roster is constructed. Um, but as of right now, Richards is on the roster, so I'm not worried about him getting pulled off. Uh, Sleggers mean- is also able to add length, and he's right-handed. Um, Ryan well, Thompson. The question I'll ask about Richards is let's, sure. ju- let's just assume Richards is a replacement level player. Do you take a repl- replacement level player that can give you mul- three, four innings out of the bullpen when needed over a slightly above replacement level player that can give you one inning at most in a ro- in terms of a roster spot? Hmm. Going into this series that's set up like this. I think, well, when it comes to the pitchers that the Rays have available, we're still talking about Fleming. I, I don't think the Rays are tapping Ryan Sheriff for this roster, yeah. even though he's on the, the travel roster, unless there's injuries. I don't think Sheriff is in. Uh, Edgar Garcia. Probably not. Uh, also not in. I, actually, no, he's not even on the playoff pool. Oh, really? uh, He's on the 40-man roster, but I don't think he's in the playoff pool. Oh, wait, Sheriff, I don't, I don't know if he's in either. Is he? I am on roster resource, and I have no idea how who to tell is on the oh, player pool I think, and on the playoff, I think maybe Garcia is in the player pool. pool. I, anyway, the point is, he's probably in not terms of quality, either. the discussion is when do you get to add in Fleming? And I think the answer is if there's another injury. If Aaron Luke gets hurt, Fleming is in, Fleming. right? So he's yeah. the next man up in terms of a lefty. Or Sheriff. You could still go to Sheriff in that situation. I guess you still could. Um, I don't know if Trevor Richards is pitching multiple innings like that game that he's pitching in is probably a loss. So yeah. it doesn't really matter, but you also like don't want to be burning pitchers in a game that is a loss. Now I don't want to go back into the discussion of like whether when when or when not to punt on a game, um, but that is somewhat of a valuable roster spot. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's it's gonna be interesting. Maybe it would like. Again, we're arguing over this, and when people listen to it, they're going to know who's on the roster, <laughs> most likely. Okay, so starting rotation for the Rays? Yeah, let's do it. Game one, Blake Snow. Blake Snow. Mm-hmm. He was dangled out there by Kevin Cash frequently, and Kevin Cash was even very forthright. He said, we have a pitching plan, and our pitching plan was simple. Glass now, Anderson if the game is close, mm-hmm. Fairbanks 
um, and Castillo were going next in some order. And then once those guys were done, we were just giving the ball to Snell. The rest of the bullpen was out the window. So in terms of trust, in terms of understanding high leverage, that was pretty straightforward. Snell did not get used, which means he is well rested for game one. Um, it is easy to assume that Charlie Morton, even though he was third, quote unquote, in the rotation going from Wednesday, uh, turning back around to Monday would be a pretty standard rest for him. Yeah. So I would assume that Morton is going game two and then going from Friday to Wednesday, I think glass now should be able to make that happen. So then Yarbrough in game four and then game five. Whoo. Not sure. Yeah, I mean, it depends on if you're comfortable or not giving it to Snell on short rest. And it also depends on what the series is at when you get to right. game Right, did the race sweep in four or not? I mean, if, but if, if they're up three to uh, three to one going into game five, do you pitch Snell on short rest? Obviously, you don't want to let the series go any longer than that if you're in that position. But if you're down 3-1, Snell's almost definitely going on short rest. So it's going to be interesting. Rays and Astros. Uh, any final thoughts, Danny? Maybe we should touch base again once we know the roster. Maybe we can get a guest on. Um, I think there'll be some more interesting things to preview. But right now, I'm still just basking in the glow of that ALDS top three race game in franchise history. Yeah, we took this entire morning to celebrate. But now we're back on the grind. Rays and Astros, game one tomorrow night. So that's going to do it for this episode of the D-Rays Bay Playoff Podcast Series. Remember, if you want these episodes downloaded directly to your device, make sure to subscribe to our podcast feed. And make sure to head on over to DRaysBay.com to check out all of the great postseason coverage from this 2020 run. Danny, thanks for hopping on, and let's keep on chugging. Come on, Snow.